from the Nipty Studios and High Humidity Productions comes a very special bonus summer episode of Tales from the Trenches, dramatizations of cases ripped from the advance sheets. Today's episode, The Sage Speaks. It's August, and as usual, the sage is sealed in his opulent chambers deep in the appeals bureau. Let's quietly open the door and see what he's up to. As he sips his Ovaltine, he appears to be engrossed in the writings of Martin Van Buren, ninth governor of New York State and the eighth president of the United States. Mm, Yes. Yes, Van Buren is the first U.S. president to be born after the Revolution. Yes, of course. He's the only U.S. president to have spoken English as a second language. Yes, his first language was Dutch, of course. He's from Kinderhoek. Ah, yes. I'll just sit in this chair until he acknowledges me. Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. So quiet here in the office. Everyone is off on their summer break. But the law never takes a day off, and accordingly neither do I. Well, that must leave you more time for your studies. Yes, that is certain. And have you found anything that our listeners might find interesting? Of course. To keep your mind sharp, let me regale you with a few recent decisions that you might be able to use once you return to your offices from your frivolous playtime. Let us begin with a case that proves the well-known legal axiom a person who represents themselves as a fool for a client. Now this is from the city court of Yonkers. It's the case of People versus Carrion. It concerns a defendant who chose to represent himself. Now Carrion was charged with criminal possession of stolen property in the fifth degree and trespass. And during the course of the litigation, Carrion became dissatisfied with his attorney and requested that he be allowed to represent himself. His former attorney remained to be Carrion's legal advisor. Now, thereafter, Carrion pleaded guilty to criminal possession stolen property fifth. And, of course, he then tried to vacate his plea on several grounds, one of them being ineffective assistance of counsel. When denying Carrion's application, Judge Dorn of the Yonkers City Court noted the defendant's claim of ineffective assistance of counsel effectively waived as he chose to act as his own attorney. Now the decision goes on to cite one of my favorite passages. Once the defendant has refused the assistance of counsel, he may not be heard to complain later that the court failed to protect him from his own ineptitude. Very satisfying. Very good. Very good, Judge Thorne. That is a good one. And do you have any others? course. Do you think I just play Wordle all day? I now bring to your attention the case of People v. Perone from the Supreme Court in Cortland County. The court in this case reminds the defense that they too have CPL Article 245 discovery obligations. In his certificate of compliance, defendant Perone stated he had nothing to disclose to the people. However, 
The people had demanded the production of two recordings and or the defendant's cellular telephone. And the defendant stated that the recordings in the phone were lost or destroyed. Yet the defense provided no proof or sworn statements of this assertion. Thus the prosecution sought a negative inference instruction to be given to the jury as a remedy. Now the trial court noted that CPL Article 245 codified the defendant's affirmative discovery obligations in CPL 245.20, Subdivision 4. And these obligations include disclosure of electronic recordings relevant to the crime, reciprocal rosario material, and items related to their witness's credibility. Now, all of this is subject to, of course, any constitutional protections. The court's decision states that reciprocal discovery under Article 245 means that there is an affirmative obligation on the people and the defense alike. And thus, the defense has a duty to preserve discoverable evidence that is in his possession until a discovery request is made. And thus, the court concludes that when material is discoverable but cannot be disclosed because it has been lost or destroyed, the court shall impose an appropriate remedy or sanction if the lost material may have contained relevant information on a trial issue. I encourage you all to read this decision. It's a fine job by D.A. Perfetti and his staff. Well, that sure is a swell decision. I have many more, but I sense your attention is starting to wane like a child hearing the bells of an ice cream truck. So here's a quick one. This case comes from the second department, a Kings County matter. Or as the kids like to say, Brooklyn, in the house. This is People versus Die, and it reminds us of the law of repugnant verdicts. Here the defendant was convicted after a jury trial of rape in the first degree, sex abuse in the first degree, and assault in the second degree. And he was acquitted of criminal sexual act in the first degree. On appeal, the defense claims that his conviction of sex abuse won is legally repugnant with his acquittal on Criminal Sexual Act 1. The appellate court astutely and succinctly stated the law this way. In determining whether a verdict is legally repugnant, the court views the elements of the offenses as charged to the jury without regard to the proof that was actually presented at trial. If there is a possible legal theory under which a split verdict could legally be permissible, it cannot be repugnant regardless of whether that theory has evidentiary support in a particular case. This is something to keep in mind now that we are all scurrying back to trial. Well, another excellent piece of advice. Excuse me. Yes? I see. I see, yes. Well, I believe I can help. And just remember that someday, and that day may never come, that I will call upon you to do a service for me. Goodbye. Is everything okay? I told you. Don't ever ask me about my affairs. So if that is all, I will say good night. 
Uh, yes, of course. Uh, good night, your magnificence. This has been a very special bonus summer episode of Tales from the Trenches. Today's drama was inspired by People vs. Carrion from the Yonkers City Court, People vs. Perone from the Supreme Court in Cortland County, and People vs. Die from the Second Department. This episode was written, directed, produced, and performed by your friend here at NIPTI. You can find these cases and lots of other resources by visiting NIPTI's Prosecutor's Encyclopedia. And so we look forward to seeing you in the fall when the heat and humidity break. Be sure to join us next time for another thrilling episode of Tales from the Trenches when we hear a detective say, Hey, Counselor, I got a great one for you. <laughs> so long for now. Thank <music> you.